This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for all things Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. You can follow me on Twitter at TaylorTravis15. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. You can also like the show on Facebook. Just type in Locked On Aggies and the search tab will pop up. Click on it, click like, and you'll be plugged in to all the new episodes, all the new news and notes surrounding the Texas a athletic programs. So if you're not already doing it, I strongly recommend you either do that or you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Aggies or myself at TaylorTravis15. There's really a lot of good content posted on all three accounts, Aggie Football News and Notes, Aggie Basketball News and Notes. Uh, also, every episode is posted on all three accounts, so it makes it easy to find if you're looking for the episodes. If you don't know where to find the episodes, though, that's pretty easy as well. We're basically wherever you find podcasts, you can find Locked On Aggies, whether that's Spotify, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, pretty much anywhere you go to find the podcast, we're there. So we make it easy for you. We're easy to find. So you can listen to Locked On Aggies using any channel or app that you prefer. If this is your first time listening, first of all, welcome. I love my new listeners. I love interacting with you. So if you ever have a mailbag question, you can email that, LockedOnAggies at gmail.com, or you can tweet it to me at TaylorTravis15, or you can tweet the show at LockedOnAggies. But if you're a new listener and you're wondering who I am, well, I'm Taylor Travis. I'm a sports radio swing host, producer, reporter, anchor, at Sports Radio 1150 in the Zone 102.7 FM in College Station, as well as News Talk 1620 WTAW. I've been covering Texas A&M for about three or four years now, so I'm pretty plugged in with the programs. I have a pretty good knowledge of Texas A&M athletics, and it's really my privilege and honor, and I get excited every time it's time to record this Locked On Aggies podcast because I get to talk about Aggie sports. That's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and if I wasn't doing a podcast, I'd probably be talking about Aggie sports to somebody else. So it's a dream come true. Thanks for listening. Again, welcome to all the new listeners out there. It really is exciting to see this podcast grow every day, and I'm excited to be a part of it. We do have a lot to get to today. First of all, Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M football team had their weekly press conference yesterday. And Jimbo Fisher, like always, he always has good things to say. He always has a lot of content, and it takes me a long time to go through it all to figure out what's worth playing back. But I found a few cuts that I think are worth playing. A lot of really good talking points. Uh, he broke down the defense from Saturday, which was one of the best performances from a Texas A&M defense that I've ever seen in my lifetime. He also talked about Braden Mann. Now, Braden Mann's sort of an unsung hero. I know uh, I say unsung loosely because it's hard not to notice the cannon that he has for a leg. But the numbers he's put up this year, he is without a doubt the best punter in college football. And I watch a lot of NFL football, and I'm convinced that Braden Mann right now would probably be up there in the top three punters in the NFL as well. I mean, he has been extremely impressive this year, so we'll talk a little bit about him as well. Jimbo Fisher, of course, also talked a little bit about South Carolina, who Texas a will be facing on Saturday, 2.30 SEC Network, a South Carolina team that has been a little bit disappointing. I know a lot of people thought that they would be a 10-win team, I wasn't really buying the hype. I was thinking eight or nine wins, but regardless, they're sitting at three and two with a tough game against Texas A&M coming up on Saturday, and they still have a big game against Florida coming up, and they still have to take on Clemson. So a lot of work to be done there in South Carolina, but Jimbo Fisher talked about that team. He talked about head coach Will Muschamp, who Jimbo Fisher has connections with. It seems like Jimbo Fisher has ties with every coach he coaches against. At least that's been the case so far this year. 
So in case you're unfamiliar with how Jimbo Fisher and Will Muschamp have ties, well, you'll find out later when Jimbo Fisher talks about Muschamp. And he also hit on the quarterback controversy that's going on in South Carolina right now. A lot of people thought senior Jake Bentley would be the guy. I thought he was one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. I just thought he didn't have much help. I mean, you look at that team last year, right? The running backs were a little subpar. The offensive line was brutal. At receiver, he had Debo Samuel. But outside of that, there was really nothing. So I think he never really had the opportunity to show off the talent he had. But this year, the offensive line's better. They have talent running back. Debo Samuel is still a monster. So last week, they tried something different, and it worked. They beat Missouri in a really close game in the pouring rain. We'll hit on that a little bit as well and hear Jimbo Fisher's take. It's also the halfway point of the season. I know that's hard to believe. It's kind of sad if you think of it because it always flies by so fast. College football really takes forever to get here, but when it does, it goes by so unbelievably fast. But we are at the halfway point, Texas A&M 4-2 through 6 games. I'll talk a little bit about my observations so far. And we'll take a look ahead at what's to come as well. But Jimbo Fisher was asked specifically yesterday at the press conference about what he can do to prevent that November slide that kind of became infamous around Texas A&M. Remember Kevin Sumlin, that was kind of his thing from 2013 on. His teams would just collapse in November. They would start hot. They would start red hot. But in November they would just collapse. Remember, he was 4-13 and against SEC opponents since 2013. That's hard to believe. That's really bad, and I think that was probably the main reason he got let go. But Jimbo Fisher was asked about that. He was asked what he can do, what the team's going to do to prevent that, and he gave a couple really good answers that we're going to get to towards the end of the show. First of all, I want to get to this before we take our first break. Jimbo Fisher spoke with media again yesterday at the weekly press conference, and He talked about the Kentucky game on Saturday, and he gave his initial thoughts about that game. So let's go ahead and hear from Jimbo Fisher and what he had to say about the Texas A&M's 20-14 win over Kentucky. Uh, After evaluating the game, uh, two, uh, game film, I mean, two teams that played extremely hard, extremely physical in the game, Uh, a lot of back and forth. I mean, that was a well-coached team that played great. Uh, you know, we were able to make just the plays at the end to do what we had to do to win and uh, had some opportunities in the game that we need to capitalize on. But, you know, again, be able to overcome the different things in the game. Again, it's another step for us in the right direction of not looking back and just playing the next play and understanding the moment. You know, sometimes we would not finish a drive, which I'll talk about in a minute, but then we still didn't let those moments become too big and did what we had to do at the end of the game. Defense got great stops, uh, ran the football in the red zone when we had to at the end of the game. Great offensive line blocking. Travion was awesome. Receivers blocked. Everything was in safe and, and come out with a victory. So, uh, you know, be able to play a team that was that hot and playing with that much confidence and had beaten some really good football teams in our league. There was already 3-0 and in our league. Uh, and what they had to do is, is a very good win for us, and hopefully we can build on that. And it's one of the next steps in which we got to take, and then we take the next step this week and go on the road and play a great South Carolina team who's played very well and had a, had a game about as exciting as ours. I think it was uh, pretty crazy and had a lot of different things going on it, so they'll be ready for us. But, you know, as I look at the film, special teams, I think we continue to really grow. Again, I think Braden's kicking the football. I mean, it, it, it's crazy how well he's kicking it. Uh, being such a, especially when you're in a field position battle with teams that play great defense and making teams go to the long field. But the other thing on top of that, his punts are outstanding. But also sometimes you can kick the ball so far you can't cover it. Well, that's not happening. We're still getting the coverage, getting the guys down there in the net punt, tackling guys down there on the other end, and you know spreading out, doing the fundamental things in which we need to do. Like I say, doing ordinary things well. 
His kickoffs are outstanding. And we're also, when they do come out, which they didn't last week, but when they do, we're getting them inside the 20-yard line. So those things, field position battles, we're, you know, we're doing an outstanding job on our coverage teams, on punt coverage and uh, kickoff coverage. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to hear more from Jimbo Fisher. He really broke down the defensive performance, which, again, was one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen from a Texas A&M team, at least in my lifetime. And he also talked a lot about the punter, Braden Mann, who has been incredible this year. I haven't talked about him enough. I don't think people have talked about him enough in general. And I think he's been really overlooked by the country as far as best punters go. But I think right now he should be the leader in the clubhouse for the Ray Guy Award, which is awarded annually to the nation's best punter. But we'll talk on that a little bit more here in a little bit. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about Sling TV. You know, nothing drives me more crazy than paying several hundred dollars a month to get cable but you only watch like, what, 20, 30 channels at most? Well, there's a way to avoid that, and there's a way to spend a lot less money, and that's with Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. I'm a big college football guy, so as soon as I heard that, they had me sold. But just for $30 a month, you can get ESPN, you can get Pac-12 Network, you can get SEC Network, and so much more. By the way, not only ESPN, of course, but every one of the ESPN Network channels, ESPN2, ESPNU, so on and so forth. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. You can also stream your big screen on all your favorite devices, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever it is, you're able to do it. Sign up now for Sling TV and you get a seven-day free trial just for being one of my listeners. That's right. Right now, Locked On Aggies listeners can get a special seven-day trial. All you have to do, go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on to sign up. Get your seven-day free trial. I guarantee you'll be sold. Again, Sling TV is the best way to watch sports. It's the best way to watch college football. And for $30 a month, you will never be able to find a better deal. Again, all the ESPN channels, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and so much more. You can stream on all your devices. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. Again, sign up now for your seven-day free trial Go to sling.com slash locked on. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, Jimbo Fisher spoke with media yesterday at the weekly press conference and Texas A&M coming off that 20-14 to overtime win against Kentucky. You know, I keep bringing up the defense, but I don't think I can bring it up enough because the defense won that game for Texas A&M. And I talked a little bit yesterday about how fitting that was, right? Because they were wearing the 1998 throwback uniforms and they had that throwback defense going, that 90s defense under R.C. Slocum that won football games. It really looked fitting considering they were wearing those jerseys. But look at what they did with Benny Snell, right? 13 carries, 60 yards. They did exactly what they needed to do to win the game, and that was stop Benny Snell on first and second down, force Kentucky to throw the football, because Terry Wilson, their quarterback, I said yesterday, he's a really good athlete, he can run the ball, but he can't really pass downfield. So when you put Kentucky in those third and long situations, and you force Terry Wilson to throw the football, that's when you get Kentucky in trouble, and that's what Texas A&M did so well all game long. I mean, it was really impressive that they had that game plan going in. They were able to execute it, and not only execute it, but execute it so perfectly. They gave up that one big touchdown on the jet sweep. After that, they buckled down, and they didn't give up hardly anything. Kentucky never got past midfield 
at any point in the game until overtime. That's stunning. That's such a telling stat about how dominant that Texas A&M defense was all game long. The Texas A&M run defense now ranks sixth in the country. Sixth in the country. And I haven't really seen anything that gives me any reason to believe that that's not going to be able to hold up. Now, I know it's kind of hard to keep up that pace. I know there's still a lot of good teams left on the schedule. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But you have teams like Auburn, teams like Mississippi State, who love to run the football right down your throat. But Benny Snell, in my opinion, is the best running back in the country. And if they can stop him the way they stopped him last Saturday, they should have no trouble stopping the rest of the teams on their schedule on the ground. None whatsoever. Let's hear from Jimbo Fisher. Again, he spoke yesterday a little bit more in detail about that defense and their performance on Saturday. So let's go ahead and hear from Jimbo Fisher. By the way, every audio clip played on this Locked On Aggies podcast is courtesy of Newstalk 1620 WTAW and College Station. Uh, defensively, thought we played extremely well. Uh, played very hard, played very physical up front. The, the Matabuke was very disruptive. Kingsley was very disruptive. Uh, Mack was very disruptive. Landis was disruptive. P, I mean, all those guys up front did a great job. Had six sacks on the night, which is huge. And then even a lot of pressures. And then the thing we did really well that I thought their quarterback we knew was very dynamic. When he had space to run, we pushed him to the right direction and then tackled him in space. Not a lot of people tackle him in space. Donovan himself, I know Dono had a phenomenal job. He, he, he played in that game, was outstanding in the game, had a lot of open field tackles. And as a defense, we tackled very well in space. And, and what we had to do there, again, was great against the run, knew that, covered well, pressured the quarterback. I did a great job in overtime. I mean, uh, we're good on third down, getting them off the field. And they never crossed the 50 hardly the whole game. And then in overtime, getting the big sack was critical. Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M got a good one. Defensive coordinator Mike Elko. What a hire that was. A big reason why the Texas A&M defense has taken such big strides from last year to this year. One was probably more experience, maturity, but Mike Elko has done such a good job scheming and having his players in the right place at the right time to make big plays. Another thing Jimbo Fisher talked about was Braden Mann. Now, Braden Mann, like I said before, sort of an unsung hero. I don't think I've talked about him enough on this podcast, but when you look at what he's done, both the numbers on paper and on film, watching the games, that leg he has is unreal. I've never seen a punter with a leg quite like Braden Mann's. And I've seen a lot of good punters. I've watched a lot of good college football. I've never seen a guy with a leg cannon quite like Braden Mann's. But let's take a quick look at the numbers, right? 23 punts. He's averaging 54.9 yards per punt. So right about 55. The longest punt he's had was 82 yards. He did that last Saturday. 82 yards on a punt. Wow, 82. He also has a 73-yarder, and he has a lot of 60-yarders. He ranks first in the country in average yards per punt. And the second-place guy from Georgia State, Brandon Wright, is three yards short of him. So he leads the country by a pretty significant margin. You look at that Ray Guy Award watch list. Brayden Mann has to be number one, right? I mean, it can't even be close. We'll see if he's able to take home the award by the end of the year. But right now, Brayden Mann unquestionably the best punter in college football. And he's been a big weapon. I mean, you look at how Texas A&M has won these games. Arkansas, Kentucky, field position played a really big role. And when he's able to flip the field position when you're back down in your own territory, that's so big. And it's something that goes overlooked a lot. I mean, Braden Mann is a big reason for Texas A&M's success early on this year. But Jimbo Fisher talked about Braden Mann at his weekly press conference 
In fact, he was asked about Braden Mann. He was asked, what makes Braden Mann so special? What sets him apart from other punters that Jimbo Fisher's had? Because Jimbo Fisher's been a coach for a long time. But what makes Braden Mann unique? Yeah, he's very consistent. Doesn't get bored. Okay. And I say that for a kicker. Kickers are like golfers. I went through it. We Remember, we had one at Florida State. It was the most accurate in the history of, the, of, of NCAA. And he come back one time, and he started – I mean, he went – which, you know, was – you know, Aguayo. I mean, he was awesome. Missed one kick as a freshman. He comes back for an offseason one time, and he's kicking, and he's missing some. And I know there's a couple little things he did wrong. And I said, well, what's going on? You're doing some things there. Well, I did that, but it gives me a little – when I went to that camp and talked to these other kickers, it gives me five more yards on my thing. I said, let me ask something. You made 26 out of 20. Any of them guys ever do that as a freshman? <laughs> said, no. I said, won't they do what you do? Won't you quit trying to do what they do? You know, and I joked about it, but I'm saying this. Kickers are like golfers. So think about that. How many, you talk about Tiger Woods. How many times did he change his swing? They, they, they get bored and they tinker. Well, I'm going to do this a little bit, and that helps me on that. And that helps me on that. And, and kickers can get a hair off. And I, I tell him every day, don't get bored. Don't get bored. In other words, keep doing exact. I don't keep doing exactly what you're doing. Now, that's hard. Believe it or not, it's a lot harder to do than people think because you take it for granted or you really focus. You know what I'm saying? You can overfocus. But he's just relaxing, trusting the process, and hitting the ball and not getting bored. It's not very often the punter has such a big impact on a team season. But right now, Braden Mann has done exactly that. And we'll see if that success can continue going forward. But again, right now, he's got to be in line to win the Ray Guy Award at the end of the year. Coming up next, we'll talk about South Carolina. We'll also look back on the first half of the Texas A&M season and look ahead to the second half. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. I love going to games, and there's really only one place I go to when I'm looking for tickets to go to those games, and that's Vivid Seats. And a big reason for that is because they have a 100% buyer's guarantee. My tickets are guaranteed, so it's really a no-brainer. But if you're a new customer, it should be a no-brainer for you. Because right now, Vivid Seats is a very special offer for my listeners who are new customers. And that's the promo code Locked On. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app and our promo code Locked On, and you'll receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if you're a first-time customer of Vivid Seats. Again, that's podcast code Locked On, $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers of Vivid Seats. Again, go to the App Store. Go to Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app. You can buy your tickets right there from your phone. It's convenient. Again, a 100% buyer's guarantee. It doesn't get better than that. But if you've never used Vivid Seats before, it does get better. Promo code locked on, $20 off orders of $200 or more for first time customers of Vivid Seats just for listening to this podcast. A very special offer for you. Again, promo code locked on, $20 off orders of $200 or more for first time customers of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event like they've helped me so many times before. And remember, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. Texas A&M getting set to take on South Carolina on Saturday, 2.30, SEC Network. Jimbo Fisher, Talked a little bit about the Gamecocks yesterday during his press conference. Let's go ahead and hear what he had to say about South Carolina. 
Well, it's going to be, hey, we're going to have to start fast and finish fast in this one. We're going to have to make our adjustments, too, because they're going to do it. But you get a, anytime you're on the road, it gives you confidence when you get out of the blocks to play well like we did at the Arkansas game up there. You know, got a jump, got out in front. But now we got to – but this game we're going to have to maintain because they can score points. they got – their receivers. I mean, Debo, I mean, he, he that guy can make plays all over the field. The quarterback played an outstanding game. They can run it physically. 13 can fly. they got this big 6'4", 220-pound wide out. So they got skill guys outside. And uh, we'll have to start fast and finish strong. I know that. This, is, this, this will be a battle over there. And that's, that's a very, very tough, hostile environment. Jimbo Fisher, also very familiar with South Carolina head coach Will Muschamp. He talked a little bit about their relationship right here. He would be. With, without a doubt. Will was one of the brightest guys I've ever been around. I mean, he, we won a national championship together as coordinators and we're friends. And like I said, as people used to know, we used to own a house, beach house together. I mean, it was, it was a lot of things. He's, he's always been a great friend, a great guy. He was a GA. People forget this. He was a GA at Auburn when I was coaching at Auburn. And he and my brother were the GAs, believe that or not. So, I mean, it goes way on back. We've known each other a long time. The kids grew up, you know, they were born there together. But you know, Will's a great guy, tremendous football, tremendous football mind, and very competitive. We'll have those guys ready to play. I mean, he's very – I mean, he gets those guys up to play. Will was a heck of a player himself. So, I mean, uh, they'll, they'll be ready to go. He's a great guy. And, uh, it's fun. You know, you know all them guys. Man, you hate playing all your friends. I mean, you really do. We'll talk more about South Carolina and Jimbo Fisher's relationship with Will Muschamp as the week goes on. But one thing I want to hit on before the show wraps up in just a few minutes, we're at the halfway point of the season. It's hard to believe. We're already six games in. Texas A&M sitting at 4-2. and two. I just want to look back and look at some things that have surprised me, maybe some things that have disappointed me along the way, and then take a brief look ahead at the schedule, and then hear what Jimbo Fisher said when he was asked whether or not he thinks this team can avoid that November slide that we've seen from Texas A&M time and time again. But really, my number one surprise so far this year at the halfway point of the season has to be the run defense. I mean, I knew it would be a strength because that front seven as a whole is really experienced. I mean, you look at the line. Dalen Mack, Justin Matabuke, Kingsley Kiki, Landis Durham. There's a lot of snaps between those guys over the last several years at Texas A&M. You look at the linebackers, Ataro Alaka, who's finally a senior. It seems like he's been here a long time. He has, but he's a solid veteran. Tyrell Dodson, the junior linebacker, who I think is going to be an all-SEC type player at the end of the year. Buddy Johnson, who we're still waiting for him to take that big step, but he's been a solid player this year. But the run defense right now ranks sixth in the country. I didn't see that coming. I knew they'd be good. I knew they'd be probably 40 to 50, just a solid run defense overall. But sixth in the country? No, I did not expect that. I can't give them enough credit for what they've done. They're a big reason why Texas A&M is 4-2 and two and looking pretty strong going into the stretch uh, in the second half of the season. Say what you want about Kellamond. I know he's looked a little bit disappointing the last two weeks against Arkansas, against Kentucky. He had a couple bad turnovers. But overall, he's really impressed me because he's embraced that leadership role. That was a big question coming into the season. Would he embrace that leadership role? I think it's obvious he has. I mean, the team rallies around him. Even when he has kind of a down game like he did last week or against Arkansas, the team still believes in him, and that says a lot about the way they see him as a leader. I think as the year goes on, he'll kind of snap out this little skid he's going through. Again, he's a sophomore. There's going to be growing pain, so I'm not worried about him long term. I still need to see more from the secondary. Again, Texas A&M and pass defense, one of the worst defenses in the country. I need to see more from them, but I don't know if we'll get more. Maybe help will be on the way. This new recruiting class has a lot of good athletes in it. Uh, there's still a lot of youth and inexperience in that secondary, so I do think they will improve next year and the year after that. And the offensive line, I think, has improved a little bit as the year goes on. 
but I still need to see more from them. There's really nothing on that line that gives me hope down the stretch as far as giving Kellamont adequate protection in the pocket. But we'll see as we start the second half of the college football season on Saturday. Jimbo Fisher yesterday was asked if he thinks he can avoid that November slide that Texas A&M has gone through time and time again since 2013, and he gave a really good answer on why he's confident that Texas A&M can avoid that. Here's Jimbo Fisher, and again, all audio played on the Locked On Aggies podcast is courtesy of WTAW and College Station. Hopefully by our training and the way we practice, that we're out there in pads and we, and we lift hard during the season along with our time allotments and make sure we we lot time for that, how we train in the summers and how we work our off-season conditioning and how we go about it. The, the object is to be a better team in December than you were in August, September. And that's what we it's our whole goal and everything we do and the way we practice, the way we play and the whole dynamic of the way this organization set up is to do that. So that's when you want to peak. So I'm, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. But the, I say this, and I, I say this before, in our GPS and our numbers and our things in practice, we're getting faster. Guys are staying up for longer periods of time. Accelerations are getting quicker. Top speeds are staying there longer. You know what I'm saying? So in our numbers and our physical testing that we see, so far that's reflecting it. You know, it's interesting him bringing up that GPS that tracks the player's speed and acceleration because I've noticed that the team looks faster and stronger as the year goes on. That's something we didn't see under Kevin Sumlin. Again, Kevin Sumlin went 4-13 and against SEC teams 2013 and on. But I do think this Texas A&M team as a whole is getting better as the year goes on. And that's going to bode well for them as far as win and loss record goes, bowl game, and just confidence going into next season and recruiting as well. But I've been really impressed with what I've seen. I think Jimbo Fisher is exactly right. I think this team is getting better and the best is yet to come. That's going to do it for today's episode. Tomorrow, I want to hit on this tough road stretch that Texas A&M is about to get into They're going to go at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, at Auburn. I want to break down some of those games, look ahead to what they needed to do for that road trip to be a success. But until then, thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. Again, thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.